I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, Jeff Braun and I both took the plunge, the Disney Plus plunge. There's so much stuff, including The Mandalorian, the new Star Wars live action show. So why don't we just get right into it? Just let that music soak in for a moment. Let it wash over you. The soothing theme song from Disney that brings you back to your childhood. The Disney Plus streaming service launched on November 12th, and I was 95% sure going in that I wasn't going to bother, but now that I have, I am all in. And we'll get into what's on Disney Plus and recap where you can watch it. We talked about it last week, but we want to just make sure you know how much it costs, all that stuff. But before that, the primary reason why I'm all in and Jeff... You're in too? Absolutely. The excellent new Star Wars TV show, The Mandalorian. They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? So here's the brief synopsis for The Mandalorian. A lone gunfighter makes his way through the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. The Mandalorian is set five years after the fall of the Empire and Return of the Jedi, and 25 years before the rise of the First Order, who are firmly in control when the Force Awakens arrives. The lone gunfighter in question hails from the planet Mandalore, and is a lone gunfighter in the tradition of his predecessors, Jango and Boba Fett. He wears a helmet like the Fett's, and the traditional armor of his homeland. The episode starts with him capturing a bounty, and we actually see a toilet on the ship! That threw me for a loop. I was like, like, yep, okay, that makes sense. I sort of wondered whatever happened with all that. The, you know how movies gloss over those things. Yeah. Weird. First ever seen in Star Wars? It's gotta be. Yeah. So the Mandalorian operates in the largely lawless outskirts of the galaxy, now under the rule of the New Republic, which is working to restore order, but, you know, it's a big galaxy. Should we mention who plays the Mandalorian, by the way? Because we don't yeah. actually see his face. It's in the credits, though. Okay, well, it's Pedro Pascal, who played Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones, because I did not know it was him going in, and I was oh, trying really? to... I recognized the voice, but I couldn't figure out where from, and I think I was thinking of somebody else, and because the, the cadence was okay. what was getting me. But. And the voice has also got sort of that little, slightly digitized effect because of the helmet. Right? Yeah. So some of the supporting casting in the first episode include... Carl Weathers, Apollo you got a Creed. Stew going. What's that? You got a stew going. That's, That's right. The rest of the <laughs> Carl Weathers is the head of the Bounty Hunters Guild, along with the voices of Nick Nolte as a rather helpful little alien who says things like "I have spoken," and Taika Waititi as an assassin droid. The supporting cast will later include Gina Carano as a rebel shock trooper turned mercenary, and Giancarlo Esposito as a former Imperial governor. The first episode debuted Tuesday. The second episode debuted on Friday, November 15th, and then five of the remaining six episodes will debut on Fridays right through to the finale on December 27th, except for episode seven, which will debut Wednesday, December 18th, because The Rise of Skywalker opens on the 20th, I guess the 19th and 20th, so anybody paying attention to Star Wars is going to be at the movie theater that weekend. So Jeff, what did you think? Uh, I really liked it. You mentioned the the droid there. I I forgot about that. The droids in all these new Star Wars things, period, including... uh, the, was there a new droid in The Last Jedi? Um, there was one in The Force, uh, definitely in Rogue One and in Solo. Yeah. Those both had brand new droids that were 
amazing. I yeah. just love it. And then this droid pops up and I was like, oh, this they they just do droids so well in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, they've really well, BB-8, nailed it. that was the new one in the other shows, right? So there you go. So yeah, so anyways, and uh, the first clip we listened to had Werner Herzog, the director. He did Grizzly Man and he's done a couple of movies. He does a, a movie with Christian Bale, a Vietnam movie I really like. The name escapes me right now. He, he plays the old guy that... Uh, Rescue Don? Yeah, Rescue Don, the guy that uh, gives the bounty hunter, the Mandalorian, his latest bounty. He, so he's this director, and he's he's really funny. He's really kind of out there. He said he's never seen any Star Wars movie in his life. Really? <laughs> he says, I do like to know what's going on in the world around me. And the paraphrasing his quote, he's like, I do watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians and WrestleMania. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Just to know what's going on. And, and he said the he's, he doesn't the only streaming service he has ever subscribed to and ever will subscribe to is the Criterion Collection, which is the artsy fartsy one. So okay, it's, it was just weird to see him. And he was in an episode of Parks and Rec one time too. So it was it's a fun thing to have him in this. I don't know how they got him in there, but or why he did it. But I enjoyed that. He was cool. Yeah, uh, this thing looks great. It was, looks way better than I was expecting. I didn't think they'd go like deep with the funky creatures and the CGI and all that, but it really looked cool. Uh, what about that? Speaking of looking cool, that helmet is that the best looking helmet in the Star Wars universe? I mean, do we probably have to give the title to Darth Vader? But yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's a, it's a slick helmet, and also is one it, of the Mandalorians' tribe mates. Uh, the helmet, I think her helmet looked like Magneto yeah. or something like that. It was that. a similar style. That eye slit, though, that doesn't look practical to me. When he was going downstairs, I was watching. I was like, is he stepping extra? Like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way he can see the steps in front of him with a half-inch eye slit like that. I don't know. Maybe it the goes, whole thing is transparent. I don't know. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was a note I made. I do hope that they... Let him take the mask off occasionally because, like we said, it is Pedro Pascal in there, and he's a fantastic actor. And it'd be nice to see his face. Uh, the story is intriguing. We don't want to do any spoilers, but there's a thing that happened at the end where my jaw kind of dropped. I was like, "What?" So I don't know. I hope they don't expect us to learn and memorize all the names of places and things. I mean, the the main players and places, sure, but they get a lot of little details in there for the Star Wars nerds to munch on. And I don't. I was just like halfway through. I was like. I hope they don't have to memorize what that guy just said his race was or whatever, because I'll never, I'll never, I'll just never get it all. I, yeah. I watched it with the subtitles on, so. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, the one creature was called a blurg. That was, uh, that was the one thing I was, was like, that's a pretty lazy thing to name an animal. A blurg. A blurg. Was, I don't know. I do like the one episode a week. The binge watching just isn't that much fun for me anymore. I, I've, as soon as a whole season of something plops, I feel overwhelmed immediately. I was like, oh my God, I got to get through all this. Yeah. And so, and that just takes away from my enjoyment of it. So once a week, I got no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I like that they're doing it once a week. It's also smart too, because they've offered Disney plus the first week is free. Yeah. So they want you to, to sign up for the trial watch the mandalorian but now you're going to want to watch episode two yeah, yeah. so you're going to you're going to pay for the service so we'll get into what it costs in a moment but uh disney marketing department they know what they're doing yeah well we, we've talked about this before how netflix might be doing itself no favors by doing this whole binge thing i think 
to an extent. I mean, obviously, binge culture is huge, and a lot of it's just a, yeah. it's part of the vernacular now. What, what show are you binging? It's yeah, not even, what are you exactly. watching? It's what are you binging? But I think that uh, sometimes they should hold off on the binge and do it once a week so that these shows can gain some momentum because these shows appear there's all sorts of hype that the you know the next season of whatever show is going to is going to arrive and yeah. then they we talk about it for a week maybe two weeks and then it's gone for a year yeah and i forget almost entirely what happened yep. in the interceding year this way with a week to chew on each episode there's much better chance that I'll retain all the information they want me to retain. Yeah. So I felt at home immediately when yeah. this show came on. It just felt like Star Wars right from the start. I mean, it didn't have the Star Wars logo and it didn't have any sort of opening crawl, but it still felt like I was in the Star Wars galaxy. Yep. The visual effects agreed. They were amazing for a TV series. And I guess that's where we're at right now. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. Game of Thrones had tremendous visual effects. This uh, new HBO show, His Dark Materials, has excellent effects. The action was great. And I'm intrigued by how quiet the Mandalorian is. You know, he's just this mysterious much. character who barely speaks. He's violent, but clearly has a heart, given with, uh, as you alluded to, the episode ends in a rather stunning fashion. Yeah. I liked the music. I'm just I'm ex- over I just re- enjoyed this from start to finish. I am really excited for more. And also according to showrunner John Favreau, we'll get some insight into the first order because they don't just obviously spring up out of a hole in the ground 25 years into the future. It would have taken some time to achieve their level of power. Yeah. So I guess we'll see their first seeds get planted in this series, so that's kind of cool. And I will also admit that I kind of blew off this series when I first heard about it. Didn't really care. And I really have no idea why. I, because it's Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. <laughs> I think maybe I blew it off because I had it in my head that I just wouldn't subscribe to another streaming service because I already pay for cable and internet with the extra subscription for Crave TV and HBO on top of that. Then I've got Netflix, which I haven't used for months, so I should just drop it <laughs> until I need it. I've got Google Play Music on the side. I just I don't need any more services, but along comes Disney Plus, yep. and it's just too darn tempting to ignore. Well, and uh, we'll get into the yeah. rabbit hole in a moment. That I almost fall down. Did you almost fall down a rabbit hole? I fell down a rabbit hole. You did? Okay. Well, we'll find out just how deep the rabbit hole goes next. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes talking about Disney+. Plus. We both just reviewed the first episode of The Mandalorian, the new Star Wars show. We both love it. And uh, I confess that I really almost fell down a rabbit hole. What what was your reaction when you installed the app? I'm watching it on my laptop, which is connected hardline HDMI to my big screen TV. Nice. So that's how I'm navigating it on there. I do have it on my phone, which I think I'll just use like a Netflix on my phone just for searching stuff time to time when I'm not at home, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Uh, I, I was I didn't know what to expect, I, and as soon as it started, I got very excited. I did not expect to get that excited, Yeah. and I just started clicking randomly at stuff. Uh, the first thing I watched on it was... The Itchy and Scratchy Land episode of The Simpsons. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, stuff I haven't seen in 30 years, but I'm going to watch The Simpsons. I've seen a thousand times. I don't know. I did that. I also started watching Rogue One, which I own on Blu-ray. But But I watched uh, an old short uh, featuring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy where uh, they go to their Ghostbusters in a haunted house kind of thing. Oh, fun. Yeah, that was cool. So, And I saw lots of cool stuff. I like how easy it is to navigate and find the mark if you're looking for like a Star Wars or a Marvel thing, you, there's like a giant button. You just click on it, and it's all right there. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, did you notice the extras tab on each item? 
No. Like when you click on, like let's say you click on Return of the Jedi and then the Return of the Jedi page comes up, there's a tab halfway down that says extras. You click on that, that would have like the, probably like the trailer or something like that. But some stuff will have, like the Marvel movies have the commentaries and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So look for the extras tab on the specific page for each, whatever it is you're looking at. Not everything's going to have extras, but stuff that's on your DVD should be on there. Cool. So, yeah. So that I didn't. I read that, but I didn't notice it at first either. So there's just so much stuff on it. it. Was I found it? There was a lot of glitches for people on day one. I found it, I had no trouble at all. I've signed up in like literally about a minute. Yep. And I was just good to go. And and uh, it's relatively cheap. It's nine bucks a month in Canada. And like you said, with all the other stuff going on, and I, I honestly don't know what if I'll stay on Disney forever or anything like that. But this is a good time of year for it, just because. The holidays are coming up and, you know what I mean, there'll be downtime and lazy time and time to surf around and stuff like that in the next couple of months, plus the cold of winter period yeah. when we tend to do more of that. So I'm definitely going to give it a couple of months to see what I can all get out of it. And uh, honestly, I made some points with uh, my girlfriend's kids because I was like, here's my login if you guys want to watch it at your house. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> oh I think you're allowed four devices or something. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. They have the family sharing program. Yeah. yeah, I think like two-thirds of users had a hard time connecting on that first day, had problems. Uh, or two, Sorry, two-thirds of the problems were related to video streaming and about one-third. Oh, and I'm having problems streaming right now with this, this particular page uh, because it just refreshed itself. We're related to video streaming. One-third related to login issues so lots of people had problems getting on in that first day but i mean that's first day stuff yeah there, there are millions of people 10 million people i think signed up yeah. on just that and first day alone exactly. So yeah, the rabbit hole that I almost fell down. I watched The Mandalorian first. That was the first thing I did. I wa- I downloaded the app on my phone. I have a Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, an Android phone. Uh, so I watched it on that with Google Chromecast. That's a little thing that you plug into your TV, and then it acts like an. Basically, you can throw what's on your yeah. phone Watch to you. your. Uh, can you still use TV. your phone for like texting and stuff while you're watching? Yep. Stuff? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. you have the option to either cast your entire screen, or so you can the, see whatever you're doing, or just cast the program app, itself. Yeah. Uh, so it's not my favorite way to do it, because the quality, I think it's only 720, and the quality ends up being a little bit darker right. than if you're watching something on a Blu-ray in 1080p. So I'm actually considering getting a Samsung or LG smart TV, because that's one of the ways you can watch it. And then I'll tell you, I'll recap those ways you can watch it in a second. But so after watching The Mandalorian, I started watching Avengers Age of Ultron, which is a weird choice, I know, but I own the first Avengers on Blu-ray and I recently watched it twice. I own Avengers Infinity War on Blu-ray, which I've watched like five times since I bought it. Don't have Ultron. And I watched Endgame on demand on my PVR, but I haven't watched Ultron in two or three years. I never bought it on Blu-ray. I last watched it on Netflix. But while I was watching the movie, I paused it to check on something just out of curiosity. I looked up this. Remember that cartoon from the early 90s? I do. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I loved that show, and it's all there. All those 90s cartoons are there. Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Goof Troop, and one of my all... Tailspin, yes. And one of my all-time favorites... Defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. Someone even asked me if the gummy the gummy bears were there from the 80s. Remember that? Yep, they were there. there. 
So this service basically has almost everything you could want from Disney. All the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars, all the Star Wars cartoons, Disney movies, even the classics in the vault. They've actually got a section called Out of the Vault. All the Pixar movies are there. As Jeff mentioned, The Simpsons are there. They've got classic musicals like The Sound of Music and Mary Poppins. Even a TV movie from 1986 called Mr. Boogity, which I haven't seen in 30 years. Pretty sure there was a follow-up movie, though, Bride of Boogity. I don't see that there. <laughs> so it's not entirely comprehensive. No. It has some old short cartoons, but not all of them. Nope. I went looking for Donald Snow Fight. That's the one where he's fighting Huey, Dewey, and Louie in the snow forts. Also, I was looking for uh, where Donald Duck cuts down the tree for a Christmas tree, but it's Chip and Dale's tree, and now they're in his Christmas tree. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, so not I was looking there. for that and Sport Goofy. Yes. The Sleepy Hollow cartoon for Halloween. Not there yet. So hopefully they add yeah. some well, more of these shorts. Mickey's Christmas Carol. That I, It's not there? It's the first thing I look for because I was really? like, i got to watch that this Christmas. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, that's so hopefully they add... You gotta add that by Christmas. Yeah, they, that's a couch potatoes favorite. Uh, so again, if you want to watch it, as Jeff pointed out, you can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your Apple devices, uh, Apple TV, Android mobile devices, Android TV devices, Chromecast, Roku, Sony Android TVs, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Amazon Fire Stick, and Fire Tablets, as well as LG and Samsung smart TVs. Disney Plus, it is worth the price of admission. Oh, you know what? We got one more thing to tell you about Disney Plus. We'll do that in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. We said we had one more thing to tell you about with Disney Plus because we both signed up for this week. We both love it. Actually, a couple of things. One that's interesting, Disney Plus is actually warning subscribers that some of Walt Disney's most beloved classics might contain outdated cultural depictions because a number of their old <laughs> movies just have like outright racist stuff. The Black Crows and Dumbo, for example. Yeah, and then there's another one, The Aristocats, a 1970 production which features a Siamese cat playing piano with chopsticks. So the warning on Disney Plus will read, this program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. The other thing that I wanted to tell you about, did you hear what they did to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope? I saw a bunch of weird stuff on Twitter. I couldn't figure out what was going on, and then I, and then I just flat out Googled it and found out, yeah. yeah. They changed the Han Solo shot first scene <laughs> again. So now, before they fire at each other, Greedo shouts a battle cry. McClunky! Hashtag McClunky! So, in the original, Han Solo shoots him first, and then they Just changed it. Just in cold it. blood. Yeah. And then they changed it so that Greedo shoots first, and then they changed it again. How do they? Ch- I think they change it again. They just try to clean it up the third time. Han Solo, Han Solo's head moves or something. Oh. And uh, apparently George Lucas made this change before Disney bought Lucasfilm back in 2012. Oh, really? When he was getting ready to release all the Star Wars <laughs> movies in 3D. Only one of those made it to theaters. That was The Phantom oh Menace. God. So there you go. Disney Plus. It's cool. So why don't we jump from Disney Plus now to this? The world has spoken. Avengers Endgame is shattering box office records around the world. Whatever it takes. Avengers Endgame, rated PG-13. The ultimate Christmas gift for the superhero fan in your life now available on Blu-rays. Hope you have deep pockets, though. It's all 23 Marvel Cinematic Universe films available in a Blu-ray box set called the Infinity Saga Collector's Edition. Everything from Iron Man 1 to, well, we played the Endgame 
clip there, but technically Spider-Man Far From Home was the last one. And it's all for the high, high price of $550, Brett. Good God. But... It's technically not as bad as it sounds because it averages out to just over $23 per movie in 4K and Blu-ray, which is cheaper than buying them all individually. So, I mean, still, yikes, that's a lot of coin to toss out at one time for Marvel movies. There is a bonus disc, though. Yeah. Um, I do sort of want it, but I'd have to have a big gambling windfall to justify it. I mean, I already own nine of the movies, and of course, with the Disney+, Plus, I'll soon have access to all of them just on that. Like, Black Panther's still on Netflix, so when you click on it on Disney+, Plus right now, you just get the trailer. It's, okay. It's not there. It will be there once the Netflix deal runs out. So there's a couple of things throughout Disney+, Plus where licensing to other platforms is still in effect but they do put it on there like it's coming so, okay yeah. yeah well and as i mentioned i would like to get a, a samsung smart tv maybe a 4k tv so that if when i do stream stuff hopefully the quality is better than on the chromecast but when it yeah when it comes to this kind of a movie i still like to have that hard copy yeah and i that's i would get 4k which means i would this set would actually come in handy for me although the problem is that they're already dabbling in 8K stuff. So I <laughs> let's say I spend $550 in this thing, and then two years from now, i got to upgrade to 8K? It's true. But so, that feels like that's going to be of just a problem for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Like, when is this stuff ever going to not stop increasing? You know what I mean? I guess so, but I don't know. there's only so, so much you can do to an old format to make it better. Like, how, how much better can it get? <laughs> I remember when... Uh, there was when it was like it still ended up being a number one seller, but when the Beatles number ones or whatever that greatest hit CD package came out 15 years ago was, yep. people were complaining. They're like, I've already bought my Beatles collection four times since <laughs> like records and eight tracks and cassettes and CDs and other special edition CDs or whatever it was. They were just mad about it, right? So, with this sort of stuff, I've got movies where I've bought on three different formats already too so i'm pretty sure my dad has owned or maybe still owns all of them but easily five maybe six versions of close encounters of the third kind really because he had it on would have had it on vhs and then probably a special edition vhs and then a dvd and then a special edition dvd (laughs) and definitely blu-ray and possibly and i'll have to confirm this but i don't anniversary blu-ray yeah Yeah. and i and i think i've bought all of them for him over the years (laughs) or at least the last at least the dvds for sure maybe even the special edition (laughs) vhs tape so. so yeah so it's it's hard when you've got like one or two movies you really like doing that with and even then it's like kind of grinds your gears but with a 23 film set that's yeah you're that's a tough order yeah i'm trying to think now which ones i own on blu-ray i think i own uh no I, iron man on dvd so blu-ray i've got yes. thor avengers uh, avengers infinity war and thor ragnarok i think i've only got four on blu-ray together i've got all the avengers i've got only iron man one like you said on on dvd i've got I don't have Civil War, but I've got the other two Captain oh, America's got on that Blu-ray, one and I got the two Spider-Mans on Blu-ray. Civil War is a, that's one of my favorites. I just watched that the other day too. I've been in a Marvel superhero kick of late, so Disney Plus timing couldn't be better because I've been wanting to watch Doctor Strange again. Yes, I thought that too. As soon as I saw this, I was like, "Ooh, I've only seen that one once. I'd watch that again." Yeah, that was great. Did you see it on the big screen? No, I miss it. Oh, that was That's a good the one, one on the big the screen. The one I didn't see in theaters. That was a good one on the big. They're all good on the big screen, but anyway, hey, let's have a look at what's coming to home video. Seven years. I dreamt of you. I 
Chapter 2, coming to Digital HD on November 19th. And I highly recommend this. Not as scary as the first one. Really? But I I thought it was a solid follow-up. And even though the movie was almost three hours long, I never really found myself bored. I think they probably could have tightened it up. But in general, it was just like there was sort of this continuous action. I think I actually found it almost to be too much hmm. action stuff like too many scenes that were right. thrilling where it just they all kind of blended together and they lost their impact as they went because they were trying to overdo it but it was still thoroughly entertaining and a thoroughly satisfying finish because it, it kind of redeemed it on screen because the miniseries the tv miniseries from the 90s i love that miniseries but the ending stunk oh, really? it was a big disappointment from what maybe i would you know what i i, I bought that on blu-ray a couple of years ago but i never got around <laughs> to watching it i've been meaning to watch that again let's go watch the end of it see what it's see what it's like yeah well if i i, I gotta i, I gotta, oh, I gotta get there i gotta i gotta watch the whole thing you can't do that eh I could, but it would take. It's a four-hour thing, so oh. given the given how long it takes me to watch anything, it will take me like three days yeah. to get through four hours because I I'm always playing on my phone and <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's uh, th- that's the only thing, right? Coming yeah, home video it. and this uh, the Avengers box set is out now. Okay, where do you want to go next, Jeff? Let's go to well, let's go to California. There's another Beverly Hills Cop movie in the works. Sorry, sir, but there are no rooms available. Don't you think I realize what's going on here, miss? Who do you think I am, huh? Don't you think I know that if I was some hot shot from out of town that pulled inside here and you guys made a reservation mistake, I'd be the first one to get a room and I'd be upstairs relaxing right now. But I'm not some hot shot from out of town. I'm a small reporter from Rolling Stone magazine that's in town to do an exclusive interview with Michael Jackson that's going to be picked up by every major magazine in the country. I was going to call the article, Michael Jackson is sitting on top of the world, but now I think I might as well just call it, Michael Jackson can sit on top of the world just as long as he doesn't sit in the Beverly Palm Hotel because there's no and excuse me, sir. It seems that we do have a, a last-minute cancellation. Uh, there is a room available. It's a suite, but uh, I'll only charge you the single room rate. Thank you. I'm sorry I got upset. It's probably from jet lag or something. I'm very tired. Beverly Hills Cop was the third highest-grossing movie of 1984, with more than $300 million worldwide, behind Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune, followed by an OK sequel a couple years later, then a terrible threequel in 1994, and now Netflix has gained the rights to make a fourth Netflix? movie. Come on. Yeah, looks like it's part of Eddie Murphy's little comeback. He was pretty absent for the last decade or so, but he's been earning rave reviews in the current Netflix movie, Dolomite Is My Name, and he's set to return to host Saturday Night Live next month. Of course, he was a cast member in the 80s there. Uh, I like Eddie a lot. I'm not getting my hopes up for this, though. For one, the other sequels are not good. For another one, the last time a remake or a late, late sequel like this has really been worth it. Maybe it's a good move by Paramount to boot it to Netflix for all this, because recent sequels this year for Terminator, The Shining, Men in Black, Shaft, not really burning up the box office, so why not let Netflix do it? But it does sort of... There's still a stigma with with the Netflix that it's... 
lesser movie because it's on Netflix, you know. I, I like that Eddie Murphy is trying hard to bounce back, though. He was such a great movie star back in the day. He did did all those horrendous films, which sort of killed his career. Norbit, high on my list of worst movie of all time. But good luck with Beverly Hills Cop 4. If it's on Netflix, I'm sure I'll watch it. Well, Norbit not only really hurt his career, but that was right after he was up for an Oscar. Yeah. For Dreamgirls, right? And yeah. then Norbit came out and like everybody in stopped. January, right? Yeah. And then everybody stopped talking <laughs> about Dreamgirls and Eddie Murphy because they were just so disgusted with that movie. So they should have held off on releasing that movie. They probably didn't expect him to be in the Oscar mix. Well, maybe whoever was running Owen Norbit didn't own Dreamgirls and didn't care about his Oscars. They were just capitalizing on his newfound procedure or whatever. It's like, we got to get this Eddie Murphy movie out there. Up next, a long-running soap opera. Could be calling it a day. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett. And sad news, the entire cast of Days of Our Lives has reportedly been released from their contracts, a long-running soap going on indefinite hiatus at the end of the month after laying off its entire staff, according to Variety. The outlet also says that Days of Our Lives has shot enough episodes to last through the end of this current season, which is season 55. And according to Deadline, they are in negotiations for season 56, but it's by no means a done deal. Um, And if the show is renewed, all the actors will have to renegotiate new contracts. So looks like they're probably going to be done. Yeah, now a bunch of the stars of the show took to social media to say, hey, don't panic. The show is going to be on until mid-next year, like next summer, because that's how many episodes they shot. (laughs) And they said that they're just doing this to take a filming break, and it's going to help save the production money. Like, they're really trying to put a positive spin on this. Um, But yeah, interesting that Days of Our Lives, which, as you pointed out, has been on for five and a half decades, is suddenly... In the wind? Yeah. So we'll, did you ever watch Days of Our Lives? I, I did. Uh, like a lot of people, I spent uh, my college years watching it religiously because yeah. well, why learn when you can watch soap operas, right? And I got a friend of mine was into it and she got me really into it. And then as, then as soon as I sort of had to go to a nine to five world, it was just gone. Okay. Yeah, I, I, oh, I only yep. dabbled in Days of Our Lives. I watched it here and there. You're a YNR th- guy. I was a Y&R guy, but I was around for the Marlena possessed by a demon. Or was it a, a demon or the devil? Was she possessed by the devil himself? I think I might have jumped out by the time that happened. Okay, well, I remember she was, Marlena was possessed, and the reveal of the demon was hilarious because they just, they panned to the window, and there were just these, like, cheap red bulbs that were supposed (laughs) to be these eyes. And I I don't remember if it was on some sort of a rig, but it looked so bad, and it just showed, like, soap operas are clearly cheaper to make. Their production value is lesser because they don't ever do anything. All they do is stand around and talk, so they don't need props and sets that like fancy to, things the timeline used to drive me nuts i was because it'd be thanksgiving and then they'd all have uh weeks and weeks of conversations at their thanksgiving party or dinner or whatever yeah and then they'd all go to bed and they'd wake up the next day and it'd be christmas and be <laughs> like what are you doing like because in real life that's how much time elapsed and they just tried to match with it was like the calendar year and days of our lives is like eight days okay and it's just it just and it used to just drive me nuts i was like oh my god you've been over there for four weeks having the <laughs> same conversation with that guy <laughs> yeah. uh, i also find it interesting like you said like it's how cheap 
these things are made. Downton Abbey looks fantastic, and it's got this highbrow air because of uh, you know because of the British accent and all this time, and everyone's dressed nicely and that. But that is just a glorified soap opera too. That show was, and yeah. I used to, I was like, this is almost the same as the Days of Our Lives or Young and the Restless, but it just looks so much fancier. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't mind the look of it. Like I've never watched a soap opera. Like Young and the Restless or Days of Our Lives or Coronation Street or East Enders or whatever, and thought this looks cheap. And you know, you sort of understand why they they tape it instead of film it too, because they do it every day. Yeah, and yeah. How many takes is it going to take? So it's just from a a format perspective, it's got to be way cheaper to do it that way, and it gives it that sort of distinct look. You know, you know oh, when you're yeah. watching a soap opera. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But I was always young and the restless. My mom was. A, I was in Florida in 1989, and my mom wanted to watch Young and the Restless, so we all had to watch Young and the Restless, <laughs> and I got hooked on it. So soap operas have a, a way of doing that. There you go. Let's quickly mention this: what's happening with the Golden Globes? Ricky Gervais returning to host the Globes this year. He hosted them in 2010 and, and 11 and 12, then took a few years off and came back in 2016. Hello and welcome to the 73rd Annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel. With all these rich, beautiful celebrities having the time of their lives. Let's hope no one spoils that. Yeah. Relax, I'm going to try and be nice. You're global megastars with amazing talent, most of you. A few of you just married well. (laughs) You know who you are. We, we all do. We all do. I hate this so much. I can't... Really? I, I, him as uh, David Brent in the British version of The Office is genius. Yeah. Like, legitimate genius. It's one of the best sitcoms ever. Outside of that, I cannot stand Ricky Gervais anymore. Really? I'm just so over this guy. He's so full of himself. And, and with this stuff where he likes to think he's, oh, I'm so edgy and sharp, blah, 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 blah. Just like... Uh. It just doesn't do it for me anymore. I enjoyed him, I think, at first as the host of the Golden Globes. But as you pointed out, he he is arrogant. And I think doing the Golden Globes that first year really pumped his tires. And then when he came back the next year, he was just being outright mean. Like, he was making drug jokes, drug rehab jokes to Robert Downey Jr., from what I remember. And uh, RDJ clearly was having none of that. And didn't, was it Tom Hanks who made a comment, sort of took a shot at him? I can't remember. Oh, I'll have to look that up. There Travolta, was, I think. Why do I think that? Uh, I can't remember. There was there was yeah, a I big actor who yeah. just wasn't ha- also wasn't having it. <laughs> and they keep bringing him back. It's clearly a stunt. Yeah. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Couch Potato Sixty Eight. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.